You are watching T Radio V, Radio in TV. Welcome to the Poe Show, broadcasting live from T Radio V in Hollywood. This is where we elevate the creative cult. This is where creatives can be seen, right? So thanks for tuning in. Thanks for always watching us. I'm Poe. So on Wednesday, September 28th at 9.30 p.m., Le Magique Fantastique Red Carpet Event Show at the Cap Theater, 13752 Ventura Boulevard. That's in Sherman Oaks, California. Red carpet is at 8 p.m., and I'll see you there. So if you want to take pictures with Susie Malone and I on the red carpet, then you can do that at 8 p.m. This Parisian-themed magical cabaret show starring Susie Malone, producer and world's premier burlesque magician, and singer-host Ariel Hartman is an action-packed 90-minute performance with amazing magic and illusions, lavish costumes, and gorgeous girls. Believe me. Taking you on a journey through time. Pre-sale tickets are $15, $20 at the door. Also, I was just with Susie Malone at the famous Whiskey-A-Go-Go on Saturday to see Harmful If Swallowed. If you get a chance, definitely check these guys out. They're awesome. Their music's awesome. They're awesome. Their producer, Ryan Green, is a little sketchy. Just kidding. Hi, Ryan. Um, but definitely, if you get a chance, I think they're playing again... Mm, maybe this Friday. My phone's ringing. I'm so sorry. Maybe this Friday. Um, but if you just Google probably Harmful Swallowed, uh, you can find them. Or you can go on wetpuzzlepiece.com, and there's a show with them, actually. They've been a guest on my show before. Okay, so check those guys out. And Susie Malone at La Magique Fantastique. Saturday, October 1st, 6 to 8 p.m., the opening of Harry Dodge, the inner reality of ultra-intelligent life at the Armory Center for the Arts, 145 North Raymond Avenue, Pasadena, California. The Armory is proud to present the first solo exhibition in Los Angeles of this acclaimed interdisciplinary artist. For the past several decades, Dodge has been a pioneer in a variety of spheres, including video art, sculpture, drawing, performance, screenwriting, feature film production, and DIY queer community making. Not my words. The Inner Reality of Ultra-Intelligent Life features the premiere of two new video works, Mysterious Fires and Big Bang, Song of the Cosmic Hobo. Paired with an array of early work, including sculptures and drawings, which showcase the evolution of Dodge's interests and trajectories over the past decade. The exhibition is on view in the mezzanine galleries from October 2nd through January 8th. The reception is free and open to the public. For more info, visit armoryarts.org. Okay, so today, we're scaring your pants off, so I hope your undies are clean. I have in the studio with me today a visual effects superhero with 13 years in film and gaming with an emphasis on animation, motion capture, and visual storytelling. He's known for his work on Avatar, Star Wars The Force Awakens, and Iron Man 2 but is also the writer, director, editor, visual effects, and colorist for the award-winning, extremely frightening short, The Smiling Man. Please welcome the brilliant A.J. Briones. Hey, how's it going? It's going fantastic. I'm so excited you're here because I love that short. Oh, my gosh. And it, it scares me to death. It's <laughs> not, you know, it's, it's, it's weirdly creepy because it's not over-the-top, like, obviously creepy, which makes it ultra-creepy. <laughs> right. So let's let's start with that. Um, can we first show the cover? Let's go to the cover. That's cool.
creepy in itself. <laughs> yeah, so that, that poster's actually got an interesting story because I, you know, yeah. I, I'm really good friends with a lot of amazing like comic book artists and like just visualization artists and concept artists. Um, but I, you know, I, I did my first short film and I feel like I used up all of my favors, you know. And I, I really didn't want to reach out and ask for more favors and, and get more people to do artwork for me. Um, but we got some really cool stills uh, from um, a really good friend of mine who's one of our partners, uh, Ben Shoup. And, you know, I, I love 80s horror movies. You know, one, one of the big uh, things for me growing up, one of the, like these big formative memories for me was just going into the, to the local video store, the mom and pop video stores, going into the horror section and just going through and looking at all these crazy horror covers. And so when it came to, you know, to the fact that, you know, I, I got to come up with this cover myself, I took some of Ben's stills and then um. I, I went on the internet and I found this archive uh, where this guy had basically scanned and collected all of these 80s horror uh, VHS covers. And instead of taking the artwork, what I did was I actually took all of the um, the imperfections, like uh -huh. all, all so all the stains that like the cup stains, the oh, that's the so discolorations, cool. and basically I used that and I made made the poster for it. Oh my gosh, I love that. That is so awesome. Yeah. That is super awesome. Talk about creative. Okay, so I think now we're gonna start off with the little trailer, so oh, you cool. can yeah, so you can cool. get a little taste for the smiling man. So check it out. And I just want more because <laughs> I've seen the whole thing and I just really I want more so it's just like that it's so suspenseful thanks you know okay um I'm gonna go to this just because it was on my mind when that was playing the score yes is that's actually I mean there's 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 many big components to this very short film but that's one of them yeah that's almost half the film right like between mm, the I, sound design and the score. I mean, the, what you hear is ha it's almost half the experience. Mm, I wouldn't say half because <laughs> you have the makeup and you have Dave well, yes. and you have the whole premise yeah. of the story and the, yes. there's there's many things. That's why I yes. can't I can't say that, but the score is is a huge part of it. So yes. um, talk a little bit about who created that score and it was by one person. Yes, uh, so I, I, you know, I, one of the things that was really awesome about my first film was that I got to meet some really cool people that ended up uh, being people that I uh, collaborated with. And that them. was Carolina Parakeet. Yes, that and was And we'll Carolina. get to that in a minute. That okay. is correct. And so um, I was at the Holly Shorts uh, Film Festival, which is here in, um, in Hollywood. It's over at the, you know, at the Chinese. Um, and I you know, was hanging out with some of the filmmakers, and I met this guy, Vivian Villani, yep. who uh, is an awesome Italian um, composer from France actually and you know we, we hit it off and we were talking about music and you know after I made the film like he, he agreed to score it and uh, you know we went back and forth on what that it would sound like and the thing that's you know for me is really cool about going to like genre festivals is you get to watch films in a block you know so like in a yeah. two-hour block you get to watch like all these horror shorts of that for particular example. genre yeah, exactly yeah, yeah. and so the the thing for me that's a real education coming out of it is you know when you're kind of faced with like all these um, horror shorts back to back to back um, you're either presented with really cool new ideas or sometimes same what happens thing. is you're fatigued because you hear and see the same thing same kind thing of over. over and over again and so what I, what I wanted coming out of that was I wanted something like super unique and uh, Vivian actually came up with something like super haunting and it was really nice and uh, the first thing that we worked on uh, was the credits um, song uh, just to see if it was something that was working and I wanted a waltz specifically you know because ah. at the at, in the end like to me 
you know, it's it's a story about boy meets girl, and in yeah. the end, you know, they dance. And I wanted something kind of creepy sounding and almost like dissonant. And I thought oh, that that might be great. And and he did a fantastic job. And we got super lucky because he was uh, doing this job out in France, and he had three hours with an 18-piece orchestra left over. And so basically, we got an 18-piece wow. orchestra to play the score, which is fantastic. There's so much um, simplicity in it. Yeah. And silence in it. Yes. Those are like, I love the night sky, not the stars, the right. stuff around them. So right, right, right. the silence in between is uh, brilliant <laughs> and usually makes the whole thing. Yeah, to, to, to me, I think, and, and it's part of the confluence of all of these kind of disciplines coming together in order to make like a narrative experience, right? And, and you know, musically as it is, you know, in the edit, and in like pacing and tone, it's and and even in in art, it's 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 a, as much about the negative space exactly that is it as it is about you know what's you know there what on and the I page. just now thought of that, but um, that the music is is it fits in perfectly because of that because um, well in your in uh, the reviews of um, the short. Um, there's a lot of talk about this. It seems so simple. This short seems so everything about it seems simple. It's not simple getting to it seeming simple and brilliant. It's that's not a that's not easy. I'm not saying that it was simply right. done, but so that's where the music fits in too. It's just all yeah. It's in the timing and the spacing of it, right? Exactly. It's it's um and I don't know com coming from an animation background too. For for me, like ev everything in animation is all about timing and spacing. And you know everything in horror, wh whether or not something works, oh for sure, is in is all yeah. about timing and spacing because it's all about really trying to control the tension, and and the audience's anxiety, and it's a it's really difficult thing. You know, to do. let's get into some of those. Um, you know what? Maybe maybe first we should um, talk just a little bit about what you do as far as the pre visualization, and can you just just briefly explain what that is? Right, right. Uh, so for my kind day of job, like, kind of like storyboarding. Right, right, right. It's it's kind of like storyboarding, but it's a little different. So my day job, I'm a previs supervisor uh, for a company called Halon Entertainment. Um, and what I basically do as a supervisor is I get paired with a director um, for you know a major feature film, and I have a team of artists. And what we do is we basically try to take uh, either an action sequence or a visual effects-heavy sequence or complicated shots, and we and we uh, try to build with the director a framework of how that would look, and we kind of rapid prototype it in the in the way that a storyboard would be it but the thing that's missing in a storyboard is uh realism right because in a, in a drawing what yeah. you're missing is what lens is that shot on it's not in any realistic lens you're missing uh the fact that you know if it's in a set uh for example i could storyboard a shot of you here but yeah. then you you don't really know what that looks like on camera unless right, you're, right. you're in an actual lens and you're in the actual space so what we do is we it's like the sketch. Right, right. So we'll take we'll take environments that, for example, the art directors are you know concepting out, and we'll build them rapidly, and then we'll take the actors and we'll build them digitally, and then we will shoot the film uh, all in CG, uh, and then rapidly show it with the director and get their input, and and it's a rapid prototype. So by the time that the director goes on set to kind of film something. He knows intimately. He knows that there's a plan. He knows everything. Yeah, yeah. You know, and the, the guys that, that set up the lighting know where to set up the lighting so that they're not in the shot. Um, it's all that stuff. And at the same time, uh, you know, a, a lot of times, too, you, you get in a script, you know, there's a huge spaceship battle, right? They don't, they don't go into the intricacies of how each of those beats kind of, you know, happen. And um, So there's the in-between stuff. Yeah, exactly. And so it's really just, you know, trying to choreograph what all that action kind of looks like. And it, Okay, yeah. let's let's start with those five photos um, of Smiling Man, um, and then maybe you can kind of um, give us an idea of what what went on here. Sure. Okay, so this is. Um, oh wow! Look at you! You did your research. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> okay, so this is just this is um, the pre-visualization, and the f and that's the final, right? Yeah. So, so yeah, yeah uh, it always you know I'm a very visual person and right. I, I'm sure everybody watching is right. also visual or you're gonna just listen to it on audio but so this yeah I mean, that's <laughs> so, that's okay go ahead well so here's basically the the 
the the challenges that we had in making the smiling man were you know one we had very little time right we've got like an actress in abby challey who's a six years old yeah yeah we we shot it on her sixth birthday um it you know and with an actor that young you only have her on set for six hours you know legally so you can't do any more than that now uh dave's makeup uh which was done by uh melanie uh leandro is amazing yes takes eight hours to apply yeah so you do the math that by the time dave's makeup is done uh and i Abby's think, out I think of he set said for two hours he was on here i think he said it took him like it took hours to even get it off <laughs> that is correct yeah yeah we were there for like a long not time not that that has anything to do with the right. filming process yeah but so basically a long day yeah and you're so you're looking at the complexities of the fact that you have uh your lead actress wow. for a very little amount of time you have makeup that takes many Plus many hours six. to apply that is correct i mean not just the six hours but well, what will you get out of the six hours? <laughs> that's that's correct. I mean, it was one of those things where she, you know, she was fantastic and is super professional. But you know, with kids, like they've got an attention span, and you know, after like three or four hours, you know, it was really fatiguing for her. And so the, the last couple hours of the day were a lot tougher than the first two. Um, and so what I basically did was, as soon as you know, uh, we locked down the house. Um, we built the uh, house in 3D. Yeah, yeah. And then I spent a few days and actually pre-shot. Uh, the film so that everyone kind of knew uh, what they were doing. It just uh, we're going to have to go on a break in just a second, but mm -hmm. um, uh, having to do with a house um, in this, I just want to say this in this um, production, you had very specific ideas of the look and feel of what yeah. you wanted in this short um, tone, composition, camera movement. Wanted every frame to be perfectly composed, and also I love this a suburban home that felt and looked very normal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a lot of times they want the creepy look in these types of films, but you wanted the opposite. You wanted it to look like someplace safe. Yeah, there, there were a few things that, that I kind of wanted to try and subvert because, I mean, for me, this was really just an exercise, right? But, you know, a lot, you know this is the girl's house. It's not yeah. supposed to be uh, exactly. imposing and right. scary. And exactly. the, the real fact of this um, was that, you know, the smiling man was invading into this safe space of hers you, you know? know what i think really makes this work is the um the contradictions i think that's what makes this film so brilliant is the contradictions of it mm. the sweetness of it right and the other which you're kind of is this creepy or is this okay right 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 <laughs> you know your question okay we're gonna have to take a break so we stay on schedule we'll be right back don't go away
Hey, welcome back. Okay, so let's let's go on to the next photo, which I don't which one was that? The next photo of the five? I numbered them right. Number two. Okay. This is super <laughs> funny. Oh my god, this is funny. As my producer Teft. Okay, Smith. so okay, so you you do um, like kind of graphic stuff, but you also do just photos, yeah. photo kind of stuff. Anything whatever works. Yeah, whatever, whatever. works. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. This is so funny. Yeah, <laughs> we're just, so try- <laughs> <laughs> just trying to set stuff up. I mean, it's one of those things, right? Well, I I could spend like two or three hours to try to get something out of the computer. But, exactly. Exactly. You know, I could just, just be like, dude, no. have a seat. That's her eye line. This is, I think, what the <laughs> shot's going to look like. You know what I mean? And then, and I could basically just show that to our DP, uh, like, David oh, okay, Kolacek, yeah, yeah, and he knows it. exactly of, what of we're course, going yeah, for. Of course, yeah, yeah. Okay, so <laughs> that's the second. Um, so yeah, just so you say you call it like blocking the action, like mm-hmm. so kind of getting parameters of not necessarily at that point, not necessarily where she's looking or or anything like that or do you oh we, we, we kind of do that's kind of outlined okay. differently in a way that like oh, okay. so uh this kind of comes with a, like a huge kind of excel sheet that i create that's yeah, like yeah. basically the shot list and okay, then okay. um and so i just have visuals that kind of refer to each shot and there are times when i'll just have just the shot list because we're running out of time or whatever and i just like know that oh my god i need i need this shot and I'll just leave a description of what so that it's, is. It's like my cut sheet. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Something absolutely. you kind of go by, yeah, but not really. Absolutely. Okay, next shot. Yeah, same oh, thing, you this know. this is such a great shot. <sighs> I love that with the cartoons. That's how it starts, right? Yeah, that is, that is a, how it the, starts. The, yeah, okay. So... That is that starts, and, and it's funny because a lot of people all, are always wonder like what the cartoon is from, and and some people think it's like a Disney cartoon, but is it is a um, it is a cartoon that it's in the public domain. It's by a guy named Van Buren. Um, but that's another thing: the simplicity of the cartoon. Right. Well, it was adds uh, to the film. Yeah, I mean, like it was, it's the perfect choice. It was one of those those things um, that you know. There's a feeling that I was trying to kind of get across, and that one is there's like a super creepiness to like cartoons from the 30s, you know, that just like are super unsettling. And then um, I wanted to kind of get across to this this like feeling. Because I used to have these nightmares when I was a kid where like there's something crazy happening, right? Or something horrific that I'm looking at. But, it's, but, but I can't move. I can't uh, look yeah, away. Yeah. Yeah. And everything is kind of in this like weird slow motion. And that's, you know. Um, you were born to be a filmmaker. <laughs> and it's kind of what I was trying to get across with the with the girl. And then, um, and actually the, the funny uh, thing is when I first wrote the story. So Teft kind of came up with the idea of, you know, because we were throwing out ideas of, you know, what should I shoot next? And he was like, oh, what about a clown that has, like, blood for makeup? And I was like, that's kind of interesting. You know, so I kind of wrote the treatment. And um, my first version of the script, it was a little boy. Um, and I thought it was kind of interesting. But I, I like working in allegory you know i like yeah, dropping yeah. like little interesting images there and, and they're not really for audiences to pick up at all because i don't yeah. think anyone would pick uh-uh. up any messages from this film but you know at the, at the same time like uh, i was talking with my girlfriend about just random stuff and uh one night we were talking it just kind of dawned on me that you know I, I walk in a world that's completely different from her you know where I, i'll meet someone and if i think they're really nice i'll walk away and go oh, that's a nice guy uh, whereas uh, a girl a pretty girl uh, has to always have her guard up and always be wondering what else is going on. And so I kind of wanted to tell that in allegory, you know. So in uh, imagery-wise, you know, for me, the smiling man is, you know, the shiny balloons or the shiny things guys have to kind of lure women. Uh, the body, the doll parts in the body in in the little plastic bag are how we objectify women. Uh, the mom represents age and how we're kind of, you know, uh, attracted to youth. And, but to me, it's not that I want the audience to pick up on that. No, no, no. But it's you don't want to speed uh, spoon feed the audience. But, yeah, no. we all know this stuff. This right. Like, and and <laughs> at the same time, stuff. like I, I didn't want like random images because at the same time, it could be creepy if he gave her like a bag full of razor blades and candy. Right. No, no, no that's just that's too direct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. No, that doesn't make sense. Absolutely. And that doesn't that wouldn't fit. But yeah, yes. this particular cartoon, the balloon, the, yes. the, the simplicity of it. Yes. The, the, the score, it's all that's what makes it so brilliant. OK, let's go to the next one. I think is there just one left? Yeah. Two left. Oh, she's so <laughs> she's cute awesome. Too. Oh my gosh, she's super so awesome. OK, we can go to the next one. I don't know what the Oh yeah, this is really this is awesome to me. This is yeah. super interesting. 
And this is one of those shots, right, that we couldn't just come up with on no, set no, if no. we didn't There's have a plan. A can, uh-uh. Because mm-hmm. then, you know, Dave wouldn't have, or our, our DP Dave wouldn't have all the equipment there necessary to do it. Oh, and, we w- and, you know, and if it took too long to set up, we'd, I'd start getting stressed out that we wouldn't even get the shot. So, I mean, it's kind of, you know, it's an so indication of why it's so important to plan. Very fascinating to me. Okay, you know what? Let's go and s- let's go to the behind the scenes. But first, but first. Let's go to the makeup first, just because he was talking about the doll heads and parts, and I think I do have a, a photo of that. So we're going to talk a little bit about the um, the makeup, so what went into that, some of these. Um, oh, yeah. And you can go <laughs> through these kind of quickly and tell, yeah, okay, the, yeah. so there's some doll parts. And that was around his waist. Yeah, that was around his waist. It was kind of really cool. We were thinking for character development that, you know, so those those, uh, shiny pieces are actually um, balloons for balloon animals. Uh, And so, you know, uh, Melanie and I were just constantly thinking about, you know, how we could make this a more interesting character. But this stuff is made from scratch, see? And these are Dave's teeth. Yeah, that's Brittany. Yeah, that's working on teeth. Yeah, she she made those teeth um, from scratch. Uh, yeah, we had worked on with Talk some about creativity. I mean, there's so much creativity that goes into this little short film that's yeah. just brilliant. Look at that. Yeah, yeah, wow. it was really cool. And one of the challenges, kind of, the, you know, after we wrote it, was um, I was worried that it would be really difficult. Uh, see, Dave is is a cute guy. Yeah, he's Do cool. You see, he's cute. He's handsome. He's a <laughs> superhero. He's a he's an art model. He's, he's very cool. attractive. But then he gets creepy. Yeah. <laughs> and one of our challenges was how to create, like, a clown character that didn't look like Ronald McDonald. Exactly, or, exactly. Or people's kind of, like, impressions of, like, you know, and you can't get away from comparisons with uh, Pennywise from It when it comes to clowns. So we wanted to do something different. But you know what? Dave was the right choice. He's he was. has such an interesting way and look about him because mm-hmm. he is a very good-looking man. Yeah. And then then he looks like that. <laughs> yeah, one, one his of, features are amazing. Yeah, one one of my kind of, you know, uh, one of the big things I wanted to make sure that we stuck with on the makeup was to use as very little prosthetics as possible uh, because Dave kind of speaks with his body, exactly. not his voice, yeah, right? Yeah, look at that. And so, it's incredible. Yeah, the, it was important that you know whatever we did for him was like down to the metal, so to speak. You know. Well, plus so he, he can, can move emote. that move that body creepily yeah. like he does. Yeah. And and. and yeah, and Melanie's brilliant, man. The way she uh, kind of designed the makeup, the more that he moved, the more that like his out- outer layer kind of cracked and showed more of that sub. Yeah, you know, it looks like the makeup looks like she built it around him, which is so cool. It's not like she yeah. had this idea and then just stuck it on him. Right. You can see, you can kind of see her process, or both. Right. Of, I'm sure you had a lot to do with it too. The process of making it look. Like that, and then of course there's always the surprises, like the cracking. I'm sure that's yeah, yeah, that was kind of fun. I mean, and for for us too. I mean, it it wasn't it was this thing where we actually had an extra shoot day that we didn't shoot anything at all, and actually um, we took another uh, a stand-in actor and we took the whole day and applied the makeup just to see if it was something that was going to work. So we did oh full makeup gosh. tests and all that stuff. Okay, we're gonna have to take a break <laughs> because we're running out of time. We'll be right back. Cool. Stay with us. Ready to rock and roll? Are you ready? So I saw Alex Gang like, oh my god! Just do the butch one and now go girly, girly chin up. <laughs> <laughs> if you're dancing and you're a white guy, you just don't ever want to do this. You're wearing panties. I'd love to see them. Are they pink? <laughs> I didn't even know it was he, that kind of a show. He didn't know. I dig the crazy Just, subtlety you're exhibiting right now. You have an erection. <laughs> That's the Alice pill I put in your champagne. <laughs> I should do something interesting. Yeah, it looks like it. <laughs> What's right. a forehead? Forehead? Do you say forehead? <laughs> forehead? Excuse the Australian accent. <laughs> Okay, do we need more champagne? I do, but you'll have to drink it out of my urine. <laughs> I think they're the worst guests I've ever had on. You know when you're dating a guy, Poe, and you sense, yeah. you sense that something's, 
something submit. Nothing. Nothing's wrong. It's a song about death. Yeah, back in the... Is, this? is, that, like is that like an eyebrow or a caterpillar? Thank you, Poe. Ready to lie. Welcome back to the Hollywood Poe Show. So on October 1st from 7 to 10 p.m., The Art of John Polidora, Justin Gobi Fields, and Gurmak Mason at the Photonic Playground, 200 North Bush Street, Santa Ana, California. Meet and greet Overwatch character designer from Blizzard Entertainment, John Polidora. Do you know any of these people? Uh, not that guy in particular, okay. but I, I know some guys at Blizzard, yeah. Owner of Iron... There's a lot of guys at Blizzard. <laughs> yeah. Owner of Iron Ironclad Studios, concept designer Justin Gobi-Fields, and previously of Cloud Imper Imperium Star Citizen Studio 3D concept artist Gurmak Basin. This is a free event open to all ages. Light refreshments will be served with wine provided by the Wine Lab in Costa Mesa. Framed and flat printed limited edition artwork will be available for purchase. This exhibition will be on display through December 2016. For more info, visit photonicplayground.com. So check that out if you want to. This is cool. You're going to like this. Friday, October 7th from 8 to 9.30 p.m. Film Noir at Union Station, 800 North Alameda Street, Los Angeles. The first in a series in collaboration with the Film Noir Foundation, Union Station, 1950 Paramount, 80 Minutes, director Rudolph Mate. This taut thriller features plenty of memorable set-piece scenes filmed inside Los Angeles' historic Union Station, which I love. Isn't Union Station amazing? So beautiful. Yeah. And other L.A. locations that double for the film's Chicago setting, interestingly enough. William Holden and Barry Fitzgerald star as the dogged cops who must flush out the psychopathic kidnapper Lyle Betker of, of a young blind girl without causing a rush hour panic, also starring Nancy Olsen and Jan Sterling. All films in the series feature scenes shot at Union Station. Writer, historian, film programmer, and film noir expert Alan K. Road will introduce the film. Doors open at 7.30, Union Station Historic Ticketing Hall, Free admission, cedar, seating is first come, first serve. The mission of Film Noir Foundation is to rescue and restore America's noir heritage. For more info, visit filmnoirfoundation.org. Hats off to you guys. That's awesome. We got we to gotta, we gotta save them. <laughs> we got to keep them. <laughs> Otherwise, they'll go away forever. All right. And that's some amazing history at Union Station. I love that place. Yeah. I just, it's got the, it doesn't have the greatest feel to it. It's just like, uh, you feel like you go back in time when you go there. Yeah. It's timeless for sure. That. Yeah. Love it. Okay. Where were we? Where were we? Strange. Um, I still want to stay on this because I just, I love this short. It is just. Thank you. I do. Okay, so it was in over 53 film festivals. We're right? like, we're uh, over oh, I'm 60 sure. now. Oh, yes, okay. it's I'm been sure crazy. It's been really crazy. I love um, it. Well, there, it's, it's obvious why. Um, it's really crazy. We're going to be in Telluride um, in October. We're going to be in, ongoing, in the huh? UK in October. Yay. We're going to be in a bunch of places in October. And it's going to uh, culminate with it going to be on television, actually, at the end of October. I can't... Um, I don't think I can announce it until the 25th, but a press release is coming out on the okay. 25th. We'll put it on social on media, and I'll share it because everybody wants to see it. Yeah. I uh, so wanted to play it, but <laughs> I didn't. Just the trailer. Uh. Okay, so um, I want I, I to talk a little bit about the reviews that this got. Um, we Are Indie Horror 
says, um, this is about Strange Dave, stand-up performance as Strange Dave. From the moment one small body part is shown on screen, something eerie becomes present. Chilling and believable performance would make any viewer afraid to meet Strange Dave in person. <laughs> Though he's a really nice <laughs> yeah, guy. Yeah, he's cool. <laughs> <laughs> he's very cool. He's not <laughs> as creepy as he seems. Hi, Dave. And he's been on the Poe Show. You guys know that. The monster gets screen time, and he sure as hell deserves it. The film allows the audience to have a one-on-one -on -one and very personal encounter with the monster, allowing for some of the scariest and most intense moments in a short film. That's something, too, that Dave does, is he, he, he's in this film. He, he creates this rapport with you, like you like him. You want to yeah. like him. Though yeah. you know you shouldn't. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, one, of, one of the things that we wanted to kind of subvert, I wanted to see if it was even possible, and we weren't sure until it was done, was that, you know, a lot of people are saying that if you have a monster, a lot of filmmakers say, if you have a monster, you don't want to show it, you want to show it in the dark, you want to show it as little mm. as possible, because uh, there's something more powerful about the, uh, a viewer's imagination. And I think for the most part that's true, but then the one thing that I wanted to see was that, you know what, what if, what if she turns on the light? And you know what, screw it, what if she turns on the light and it's the worst light possible, so it's like super bright, you know, halogen, light and then and then what happens uh because i feel like from there uh that's at that point all bets are off you don't know what the hell's happening and i think part of what the audience kind of feels as to whether or not they don't you know do are they supposed to like this guy or whatever is because at the point when she turns on the lights and she walks over there all bets are off you know because we, we have no idea what's happening uh and i think that's part of the power of that that and, and Dave's performance no no you know? no i agree and I think um, the time that he has, he, he uses it. Like, yeah. it, it, he builds this, he's building this rapport with you. Right. So that's where the monster, I think in this case, is really relevant to, I mean, as much as you see him, yeah. I think it's important. Yeah, and, and it's part of also the, the intention of the allegory about, exactly. you know, uh, the whole interaction between men and women. And, exactly, you know. and he's building rapport with her, right. actually, but we're getting it, too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> Okay, you also uh, got some kudos for um, the editing job, creating tension out of the simplest objects, such as a balloon. That's pretty cool. Is a talent that should not go unnoticed. <laughs> Each and every shot can be made a painting. Oh, that's crazy. That's a, that's <laughs> a that's a huge compliment. I think that's amazing. That's, that's crazy. And, and I agree. There are some shots that have subtle elements hidden, creating some of the most beautiful work. They go on to say, um, okay, these are a couple things that I highlighted a piece of amazing horror art that will end as a timeless classic and will outshine any modern horror feature length film that's crazy that's kind of hyperbole i, I don't know don't, i i you know what <laughs> when it's good it doesn't matter how long it is yeah. short or long or what because you know some 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 full lengths are they lose it yeah they should be short yeah <laughs> <laughs> The incredible performance, camera work, direction, and music create a near-perfect short film worthy of all and any awards. I That's totally, be I, I believe in all of this. I, wow. I, I, I love, I love that review. And there was one other, hmm, one other thing they said. Where was it? Um, about the art. I guess the the art thing. It, it is like there's so much. There's so much art so much still art like painting is it is it is it's yeah and, and I, th I think it speaks to the to the level of preparation going into it uh in that like you know the, the whole team we all kind of knew what we were were there to do and we all kind of had this sandbox that we were playing in and and it, we didn't kind of go in there not knowing what we were going to shoot you know well it but there, yeah there there was the vision behind it you can totally see it. you weren't winging it by any means <laughs> no. Though you were in a sense because you had to, you didn't have the time, the prep time you usually have yeah. because of the constraints of the makeup and the little girl. Yeah. Well, we, we, we definitely, uh, you know, it was, it was a challenge. And, and it, up until the very end, I still did, had no idea if it was going to work, you know, because it it's this like, again, <laughs> it all worked. Thank you. But it, you mean, it's, it's all of these elements kind of hoping to come together. Uh, but yeah, they came together super beautifully and everyone kind of like, you know, threw their A-game into it, and I was super proud of the end of it, yeah. Okay, let's go. Um, we don't need to show the poster or the cover, but let's go to the the trailer of Carolina Parakeet. This was actually your first film, yeah. short film that you did. Yeah. Okay, let's check that out real quick.
frightening. There's a lot in there. Uh, and Strange Days in there, too. Yeah, the Strange one Days with the, in there, with too. The, the yeah. weird shoulder thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So creepy. Bah. Okay, so that's a 15-minute short, right? 15 and a half. That was the long, almost the long, right? <laughs> and, um, okay, so that took you two and a half years because you were also working a full-time job. Yeah. I had, had same with The Smiling Man. Um, I, oh. It's... it's uh, it was one of those things where, you know, I, I moved to L.A. in 2007, and I always thought that, you know, wh while I would try to find work, I'm always going to see if uh, I could make it as a, as a writer-director out oh here. Oh, God, you could. And, uh, that's uh, what, actually, thanks. some of these people say that. Like, you need to do the, the full right. thing. That'd be awesome if I got the opportunity. But, you, you know, at the same time, you know, you get stuck, you end up working. And, you know, for me, this was, you know, even my day job. My day job is a dream job. I can't complain. No, I know you do the you, at all. You do the gaming uh, thing too. Uh, yeah, and and um, and for me, uh, it's a dream job not only because of the kind of the, of work I get to do, but like because I want to be a writer director. You know, I get to interact with and learn from all these great guys, from like James Cameron. Yeah, uh, all these and like big like dudes. like the, this guy worked on Star Wars. Oh my gosh! So right. You say, as a VFX artist, I never even had it as a dream to work on a Star Wars film. Yeah. I can pretty <laughs> much hang my v visual effects hat now and right off into the sunset. Well, yeah. yeah I mean, it, it was <laughs> one of those things. What I'm not going to do is what he says. <laughs> it's one of those things where, uh, you know, by the time I had even um, – begun to be a v vfx artist like the the prequels were already done exactly so there was, exactly. There was yeah, never yeah. even the thought that that would come back so when that kind of fell on my lap it was like pretty crazy but also with that what was interesting is there wasn't a script yet when you began that process right so you were just you guys were for star wars yes um, you're for, making for, a lot of stuff I, I came in so the the interesting thing for the force awakens is i came in actually near the end of, it says it's a part called post viz uh, um yeah, exactly. where uh the the, the shooting had already been done and it was just taking these uh these plates these these uh. live action plates and and throwing everything behind it so you you have all these these shots of these these actors in just green Whoa. screen or whatever and just trying to make whatever that is kind of work and then of, of course you, oh they also had these gosh. these holes in the edit so uh you have all these um these guys running around doing stuff and then you just have a black card that says i don't know the millennium falcon flies by and does whatever and so basically our job was to fill in those holes just to make sure that the, the, the I don't, film is, is, is there is there anything more creative than that there can't be i mean talk about creativity at its height i mean to fill crazy. in yeah you have to like fill in all the stuff yeah like you, you made the movie <laughs> no i know there's a lot that goes into that but that was that's a that's a big part that was pretty huge. It, was, it was pretty neat. It was pretty neat to be uh, a part of that because I mean that's something that's really huge, you know. Slightly. Huge. <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay. Let's. Um, we're running out of time like super fast, right? <laughs> okay. Let's. Um, let's go a little bit into um, the gaming part of it. I know. Um, I have some of this. Um, pre-visualization and final for some of these video games. Let's go ahead and run those videos so we can take a look at that. Many are the grim tales told of the Shadow Isles and the black mist that shrouds them. And while all good folk shun this cursed land, sometimes its darkness comes for you. The black mist ebbs and flows like the tide. Yet now and then, on a night much like tonight, it reaches far across the sea, searching, seeking, killing. This time is known as the Harrowing. During the Harrowing, the spirits of the Shadow Isles go forth within the Black Mist.
no coming back once you're claimed by the harrowing. You're cursed, condemned to haunt the black mist forevermore. It just seems so close to what they end up with in the end. Yeah. Uh, so, so what that was is, um, it's a commercial spot for no, the no, League no, of for Le- sure. Legends. No, 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 for sure. No, no, exactly, exactly. And and so, what we basically do is when we come in, I've got like a super small team, and um, is it the, six people or something? Uh, for this one, I think I think so, something like yeah. that. And and uh, and so what 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 it is is uh, there's an agency, right? There's the ad agency. There's the um, the gaming company, uh, which is like Riot Games at this point, and there's the the uh, the effects house, which is uh, A52, is which is doing the finals work, and so we basically worked with them. Uh, they had their storyboards at that point. They have their director. So it's already pretty. It's it's already pretty close. It's just. Well, or it's it's it? basic. It's all on paper at that point, oh. and and our job is basically to see if any of that stuff works, and and wow. to rapidly prototype what's going to happen in the final. So in comparison, for example, the shots that you see that that we did, um, for one artist, we'll do like two or three, sometimes four shots a day, right? Just to, because we need to rapidly try to see if that story makes any sense. Uh, but for a final version of that, it would take like weeks weeks for one shot and so what we do is try to just do a quick sketch of what that commercial would look like and feel like and what the timing would be like yeah but the thing is okay so that was was that like your your sketch like that's your, that's, that's our version and the real. of it well that's and, and what's on the bottem right is what exactly so like. that's what i'm saying it's so close yeah, what it, you it came up with quickly and what they ended up with is yeah. like to me it looks pretty, pretty close <laughs> That's impressive. It's pretty close, but I mean the the amount of work that it takes to get it from our stage no, 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 for sure. to to the end is like tremendous, and that's uh, kind of no, no, sure. where the importance of the previs comes there, right? Because the one thing that you don't want to do when you're working on a final shot is to work on it for a week or two or five, yeah. and then go, oh, you know what, that doesn't really work. Let's start over again. Uh, and so yeah, that's yeah. where that's where previs is perfect because then we can do. You know, for a team of six people, we can we can do like 30, 40 shots a day. So it typically you know? you're you you keep going. Yeah, you're, we go you're, fast. It's, it's a it's a fast. We go uh, fast. We try process. we try different ideas, and this is the point where a director can come in and go, oh, you know, what if what if this happens? I you know I have like four or five different ideas for this shot. What do you think? And I was like, all right, well we'll do all of them. You know, we'll do all of them. We'll explore all those ideas, and so basically. Um, you know, you come out with uh, the the director that can make the best decision, and and you know, as interesting as it is to have uh, a comparison like that, where the the previs work looks super close to the finals work, it's also just as good to to see where it's completely different, because you know, kind of like you know what you don't see there are the 40 other different no, no, directions no, sure. we went to yeah, yeah, yeah. but that's yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. the value uh, that comes to a director cuz then he can see every permutation of something and then go okay i this is the right decision because i tried hundreds of other decisions okay at some point in history because this is this is <laughs> this used to be storyboarding right so in some at some time in history the the, the director started working directly with you guys <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, you know what's funny is there, there, there is a storyboarding process for a lot of this before us. So, oh, cer- okay. So I see. there are certain. So there times, still is that. There, there still is that, and it really depends, right? Because sometimes I'll come into a project and there already are storyboards, and so we'll take it from storyboards, uh, and then we'll go beyond that. And then sometimes it's just like the script, and then sometimes it's just us, uh, you know, a conversation, uh, you know, with the director. Uh, so it really. Kind of but varied. there never used to be that. The conversation with the director didn't used to happen. I mean, I'm not just, of course, gaming wasn't around back in the day, but mm-hmm. even in even in, in film and whatever, the, you didn't really have, there was the, the in-between. It was kind of the in-between, but now it's just like, it, I think that it's just, it's just due to technology, right? It's so yeah. tight now, you gotta, you gotta yeah, go It's, it's it. nice now, I think, for directors because then they end up with this piece that really communicates to all of the department heads Right, so the guys that do the lighting, guys that do the sets, and guys that do 
um, everything else. They, they know exactly what they're aiming for because they have a visual guide as to what the end product uh, could potentially look like. Okay, we're not only out of time, we're beyond time. <laughs> this is so interesting. I can't even stand it. This is so awesome. Okay, so where can we find you, your work, social media, AJ um, Briones? I don't do Twitter. Uh, it's a distraction. I'm at uh, www.ajbriones.com, which I rarely update. There's also thesmilingmanmovie.com, and then you can find The Smiling Man on um, on Facebook at slash The Smiling Man Movie. And also, if you want to see the whole short, it's on YouTube if you look for it. And it's also on the Crypt on Crypt TV on Facebook at Crypt TV. And all of that. Anybody who's been on the show going to be on the show, www.whatpuzzlepiece.com. And you'll see this show again if you want to watch it again. Or if you didn't see it the first time, then you can see it tonight. www.whatpuzzlepiece.com. We're going to leave you with um, his uh, AJ's reel, um, hopefully. Oh, maybe wow. just Super a, old. Maybe just a couple <laughs> minutes. But, yeah, it is from 2011, I believe. But right. you'll get an idea of some of the stuff that he's worked on. I'll see you next week. Um, cheers. You are watching T-Radio Me, radio and TV.